You are now listening to the Film Frequency Podcast, hosted by your professionally unprofessional film critics, The Film Bros. What's going on, film family? It's your boy, CEO Hayes, and I'm joined by the prodigal one, my brother, JB. What's going on, bro? What's going on, Hayes? What's going on, film family? Back at it again. We got... episode. We got another episode. We got uh, uh, a review of something that, you know, we did our uh, our Karate Kid series. We reviewed Cobra Kai Seasons 1 and 2. I'm glad that this is really our first episode of 2021, mainly because I know it's something we both enjoy. We haven't really talked about the season much, but I... it. I don't expect, at least, for anything, for you not to have liked this. We haven't really talked about it, so I guess we'll find out over the course of the review. But before we get into that, you know we talk about news. So, got a couple of weird pieces of news, right? Uh, one is one is the actual news uh, updated with the movie. Uh, two or more so box office things from last year. Uh, the first one that I wanted to say is that uh, this first piece of news is just interesting. 2020 had the most... Hollywood movies directed by a woman ever. 16% of all movies produced in Hollywood in 2020 were directed by women. What do you think about that? That's great, but also sad at the same time. And let me explain why before, like, you know, there's a hashtag mm-hmm. movement started on me. It's great <laughs> that that uh, women directors expanding because there are some actually really talented uh, female directors. Why I say it's sad is because with that statement you just made, I can pretty much guarantee maybe one woman will probably be um, nominated uh, at the academies for director of the year. Mm. And I'm like, maybe one, it might be zero, but maybe one. So you're telling me there's this big influx, but there's probably only going to be one if that. And, and that is with, it would have been, well, you know, the percentage may have risen or dropped because there were a lot of movies not released, but movies like Black Widow, The Internals, and The Nightingale were all moved to 2021, so those technically weren't counted in this list, but honestly, the percentage probably would have dropped only because there are a lot of movies that didn't come out in 2020, and most of those were directed by men. So, bro, uh, were you saying that the percentages of female directors are up or down? Because I think I might have misheard you. I thought you said up. No, it's up. Oh. No, I'm saying that the, the percentage would have dropped. It wouldn't have been 16% of all the movies that were supposed to release in 2020 were released. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but uh, some some of the movies that are prominent that came out were Birds of Prey, Milan, Wonder Woman 84, um uh little women and the farewell all came out in 2020 those are some of the more prominent ones uh that were released um but like like you said though it's it's i and the, you said hashtag movies right i don't want to get hashtag move, movements movement started either i i'm always of the mind the best person who has the best vision should direct it whether that's a man that's a woman Whatever. I love that women are getting more opportunities, which they should, and they should. They, it shouldn't be. Look, I don't want this to be. Oh well, let's get a woman to direct this, so so you know we can hire a woman. Yeah. Like pick the person who's best for it, and pick the job. Let the women do the things. Like I, I don't want to see this this thing where it's like like for example, Black Widow. I'm not saying that this is what Marvel did, but it's like it's a female led movie. Let's find a woman to direct it. Let women direct the best things and what they have passionate about, and then let just just let it work out. It shouldn't be this thing where it has to be like, oh, well, let's go out and find a woman director. It's it's sad that it's gotten to that point because women are so overlooked, and they and the, the, fucking there are uh, women who have some of my favorite directors are women at this point. So that's all. Yeah, and I think you made a great point. Like, regardless of what gender the person is, find stuff that will fit them properly. Like, um. I, I this I can't think of anything like recent, but the one that comes to mind is when we uh, reviewed uh, Happiest Season. The the, mm-hmm. the lady who directed that, she she kind of lives like lived that life, so she was absolutely the perfect person to direct mm-hmm. that. I think she wrote that film as well, but she was the perfect person to direct it because she lives that stuff. So it's the same concept. Like for example, if you're gonna have a mafia related movie. There should be nobody directing that outside of Martin Scorsese. So because everybody <laughs> has their niche or, you know, things like that. Everybody has their niche. So I think it doesn't matter if it's man, woman, whatever. As long as it's the right person for the job, that's how it should be. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I agree with that 100%. Um, but that's it uh, on that one. The next bit of news that we have. Uh, what do you think? 
was the highest grossing movie domestically in 2020? 2020. It's going to be something stupid. That's why you're bringing it up. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go ahead and say, uh, can you give me three options and I'll choose one? Uh, I mean, honestly, if I give you three options, bro, yeah. you'll probably be able to figure right, it out. I'm going to go ahead and say, um, man, I don't know. I have no idea. I will say this. It is a movie that we review, if that helps at all. Ah, oh, shit. I don't even remember what we reviewed. A happy season. <laughs> I want a happy season. That's way off, though. You going happy season? Yeah. It didn't have a, it didn't have a, a box office, bro. So oh, that's yeah. that's not it. Uh, <laughs> Bad Boys for Life. Oh yeah, that should have been an easy answer, actually. Release release right before the pandemic, basically. Um, it it probably was the last major movie released before the pandemic because that came out in was that a February movie or was that a January movie? No, I feel like either way, I feel like it was a January movie. I think. Okay, but yeah. Uh, so it, it's. And we we enjoyed Bad Boys for Life. We we're looking forward ago. to the sequel. Again. Yeah, we're looking forward to the sequel. So I don't want to act like it's so surprising that it that it that it uh that it did that. But you know, and there's only in a year with a pandemic would that movie have been the highest grossing movie domestically. Oh yeah. For sure. um, what do you what did you think the domestic total was for that movie? Yeah. Domestic total, you're saying? So I'm, just I'm domestic, gonna, gonna not say, worldwide. I'm gonna say eight. Eight eight what? Million? Oh no, way over that. Seventy three point four million. How long was that shit in the in the theaters for? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah uh, we have to remember that's before like the pandemic really took on the next level. Yeah, yeah, that was that was. But when that came out, it was still like we still were like those motherfuckers in China are going through it. Like right, it was yeah, still kind of that kind of kind of that thought of like we're we're far enough away from it to where we see it, but it wasn't affecting us. Um, like the movie came out January seventeenth, two thousand and twenty. I'm curious to know what those numbers are, not for Bad Boys, but overall for. From after quarter one, quarter two to quarter four, what was the oh, highest gross? Yeah. Cause it had to be something really low at that point. Yeah, I mean, well, it's probably tenant. Probably has to be tenant. True. Yeah. True. Yeah, it has to be tenant. Um, funny. Uh, last last piece of news that we have is uh Creed three. Now we talked about the possibility. I think when it was announced, a it's officially happening. Michael B. Jordan is directing Creed three. Um, so I want to get your your thoughts on he's that. Directing? He's directing Creed three. So he's not gonna directing. be in the movie. No, he's also. But it's just like, uh, it's just like I know, I know. Sylvester Stallone. Like, yeah, um, exactly. So he's no, he's still gonna be in it. But now story details are starting to come out, and they're saying that he, that Clubber Lang is coming back in some shape, form, or fashion. Now the thing that I don't want to see this turn into is is Apollo. Uh, I'm sorry, Donis Creed fighting the sons of everybody from former movies i don't want the, i don't want the sequel to be that i honestly think it's probably going to be a cameo if i had to guess um like maybe he'll be like a, a ringside announcer or something like that but what do you think about michael b jordan making his directorial debut in creed 3 i'm very I, i'm a huge fan of michael b jordan let me say that first foremost i still remember the first flick i saw him in was um fruitvale station, station. remember that yeah yeah so huge fan of michael b right However, um, also, let me say this. I'm a gigantic... Rocky might be my favorite franchise of all time. And okay. I've seen the Rocky movies like a thousand times. However, I have absolutely zero ounce of care for the Creed series. The first mm. one, yes, for nostalgic reasons. Creed 2, I could care less about. And even Creed 3, I'll care even more or less about. Because... First of all, uh, Sylvester Stallone is not going to be in this movie because they've already said he's done with the series. So my issue is where are they going to go with it? There's nothing that they could possibly do to make me be sucked in. Creed 2 should have sucked me in because it's Drago's son. But I really didn't give a fuck, honestly. I, I, I really didn't care. And I don't know. It's just nothing with Michael B. Jordan at all. It's just that for me, Rocky will always be Sylvester Stallone and, and his story. And now that he's not in it, it's just, I don't give a fuck. I don't know if I'm being too yeah. harsh. I mean, he said that Creed 2 was the official retirement of that character. Uh, Sylvester Stallone tweeted it and, and talked about it. Um, that's going to be interesting to see how they go, because Rocky has been such a motivation for Adonis in these movies. Of course, he trained him the first one. The second one, it was really the combination of... Um, drago killing his father on top of uh rocky also feeling like going through the cancer thing and like that really also uh, it inspired uh adonis so like not having that character in the movie is going to be interesting it's really going to be its first time becoming its own thing but i'll tell you that's what makes that that's what lets me 
be a little bit more excited about Michael B. Jordan being his first directorial role because he gets to not worry about having to pay homage or respect to an older character in Rocky. He really gets to focus in on the character that he's he's been in like a big part of his his career so far. So like he knows that character. So if he if we get something more internal, he has a daughter now. Like there's a lot that could happen with that. Uh, I almost would have rather this be a rematch fight between him and Drago's son just to kind of keep some of those story beats going. But, you know, I mean, we'll see. And, you know, Sylvester Stallone got his first directorial gig in in a Rocky. I think it was was it Rocky three. The first one he directed. Uh, Yes, it was Rocky. Three. Yeah. So so just the overlap there. I, I like it. And, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, um, the Creed movies, while fans like them they weren't they weren't ever super huge hits i think because it brought the rocky character back and people loved it like sometimes we think that they were bigger hits than what they were i don't think that honestly any any of them passed like 500 million box office i don't think let's see uh the creed movies yeah. uh, i'm not really sure but let me tell you something this is a very very important movie for michael b jordan um number one like you said because it's his director of debut but number two depending on how this movie goes will tell the future of this franchise, uh, the Creed franchise I'm talking about. Because if this movie fails, we'll maybe get one more, and that, that'll that probably be the death of it. Yeah. Now, if he comes out with a fucking banger, right, this could be the whole birth of a, another five Creed movies, you know, True. and take it into even another generation. Um, so I think this is a huge, huge uh, moment and a huge movie for Michael B. Jordan. Yeah, and then, on like... Um, it does say that I just looked it up. So, uh, Creed two grossed two hundred and fourteen million, and the first Creed, uh, I think, it was like around one hundred and seventy five. Uh, so it's not like it's they like I said People they wanted to see a fucking Drago so will kill him exactly. That's so, what it was. so I mean the bu- the budgets are pretty low, thirty five million and fifty million respectively. Oh, so they're making a lot of money back on it. But like Six, I seven like, times, yeah, yeah. Like I said, it's not like they're these huge hits. So even if it were to fail necessarily, which I I don't think it's going to fail. I think that it may not be. Maybe if it's the first one made 173 million, I could easily see this one making the same. Maybe not surpassing the sequel, but probably making the same about 150 million, regardless uh, of the quality. And so, I, it's it's a great thing to to get your first director. It's it's a fairly big movie, but it's not a huge blockbuster movie, so to say. Let me ask you this last question. Do you think, because obviously the 200 plus million people that went to go watch a movie, it wasn't just for Sylvester Stallone. Obviously, it's for Michael B. Jordan and his whole storyline. Um, and some of it was for like Drago and stuff. Do you think the fall of Sylvester Stallone outside now, that will hurt the numbers at all? Or you don't see it at all? No, I don't. I think at this point now, and, and you know, while he was more in Creed 1 than Creed 2, but I think people like there's there's cachet, so to say, in Michael B. Jordan for one. He's become a huge star. But also yes. Adonis is Creed's character. We know him now for two movies, so I don't think needing Rocky there. Like if they would have tried to do a Creed spinoff without Rocky being in it to start, I don't think it would have been as big as what it is. But because they've they've had two successful movies and Michael B. Jordan's a huge star now, the movie's gonna do good. Another thing that just came to my mind, because um, I don't really remember the Creed movies that well. Mm-hmm. I can tell you anything in the Rocky movies, but not the Creed movies. Does he have a brother? Because in the Rocky franchise, he does have a brother because I remember in part two where they showed him and another kid playing, and I believe that was his brother. Have they introduced a brother at all? Because that could be something we see in part three. Well, remember his character was like, even though we in the Rocky oh, franchise, his, he was the side son. I forgot he was he was, side he was Claire Huxtable's yeah, child. Yeah, no, yeah. No, 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 yeah. no, he's not. He's not even Claire Huxtable's child. He's a Don. He's he's uh, Apollo's son, but Apollo's son with another woman. All oh, right, Claire Huxwell is playing the old Apollo Creed's. I forgot. Yeah. I wonder why they didn't. They never casted the old Apollo Creed's wife to play that role. They did. She was in the movie. Apollo Creed's wife. Yeah, she was. In, she's been in both movies. So hold up, is Claire Huxwell the side piece or no? No. So okay. So we got to recap. So uh, yeah. in the very first Creed, we see Apollo's wife go and get Adonis because Adonis's like mother. He was in juvenile. She got him out, and then she raised Apollo's him after that wife point. From like the Rocky movies, yes, from the Rocky movies. Okay. Claire Huxley. Okay. Claire Huxley. No, can- no, 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 no. That see, that's where you're mistaken. Claire Huxley is not Apollo Creed's wife in the Rocky movies. It's just some random lady. Hundred percent. No, it's not, bro. That's one million percent, bro. Go, go Mil- look it up. Go, go look it up. Okay, Felicia Rashad has always been his wife in the Rocky. I movies. guarantee you a thousand percent. No, you guarantee that a million percent. You guarantee that a million percent. Let's see. 
One billion percent. I'm telling you, bro, this is my favorite franchise of all time, Rocky. There's no well, way. Well, maybe somebody else acted, but she's supposed to be his wife, the wife character. Okay, so so yeah, it's a different actor though. But okay. I'm just wondering why they never used the original woman. But that's besides the point. Okay, so Felicia. Okay, okay, yeah. So I got you. But yeah, trust me, it's not. I promise you, it's not. Okay. Well, that man. That, but yeah, I was thinking the the same. The same. It's the same okay, so character Felicia from the Rocky. Shot is, is right. Oh yeah, she's I, actual wife. Yeah, it's his actual wife. So. Um, Marianne Creed is her name. She was she was she was portrayed by Sylvia Mills in the Rocky franchise, but she that 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 actress died, so that's why Felicia Rashad oh, okay. took over. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. So, gotcha. Okay, okay. So, so right, I forgot though. Um, Michael B. Jo- uh, Adonis is the side piece, baby. Okay, yeah, I got man, you. He's the side. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, all right. Remember, because remember the whole, one of the big plot points in the whole movie is that he didn't want he didn't have the last name Creed. But they wanted right. him to use it, and he decided to start going forward and using it. Um, but that's it for the news segment for this week's episode. Let's go ahead and get into the full review where we are reviewing Cobra Kai Season 3. We're going to go ahead and play a trailer. We'll be right back after this. I thought I was doing the right thing, but I failed you. The truth is, you got soft, and we paid the price. You want Cobra Kai? It's yours. The whole reason these kids got into trouble was because of us. We can't let them suffer because of our issues. The only way to end this is by working together. So, what do you say? Your enemies think they're the hero, and you're the villain. There is no good. Look at this freak. There is no bad, only weak, but strong. What are you, Tango and Cash? <laughs> no, Tango and Cash were narcotics detectives. Oh, I'm sorry. You do realize neither one of you are cops, right? I thought we were the good guys. If I did my motherfucking job correctly, <laughs> which you always do, which I always do, that would have been a trailer for uh, Cobra Kai season three, bro. I don't, I, when we do TV series, it's a little bit more difficult than movies because I don't know like where to jump in at. By the way, just because of it of it being a series, full spoilers. We're not even going to try to like ease into spoilers. We're just going to talk about the fucking shit. Um, I bro, this show keeps fucking getting better, in my opinion. And the budget, you can tell that Netflix put more money in it than what YouTube were able to. Um, completely. Uh, but. The thing I got to say, I think the story is still great. Um, I think how they brought back Ali, I didn't like as much. But the fight scenes, bro, in this, I don't know if they lost the fight choreographer or something. It just didn't have that same thing to me. As as, as Fight scenes in season two were better than season one. This season was probably maybe even a little bit less than, like, what they tried to do with the fight scenes were, were way bigger scale than what they did with season two or one. But the choreography itself just didn't quite sit with me. What did you think? No, I agree with that 100%. And one of the things, unfortunately, when you have a bigger budget and a bigger studio, you sort of lose some of the, uh, I don't know what the right word to use is, like some of the romance Mm -hmm. than if you have a smaller budget or a smaller studio. And you could see they lost a little bit of that. Um, The fight scenes were, were good, especially that last fight scene were good, but they're nowhere as close as like, the mall scene from season two yeah. or um, a lot of these other fight scenes um, here. The, here's what we did get. Cause I feel like the acting wasn't as strong either versus other ones. The nostalgia feeling was okay. Cause we got chosen. We got, we got like three Allie, or four people. We'll get yeah. into it. Yeah. We got Ali. Um, that's actually a trivia question. I'm going to ask you okay. uh, a little bit, but anyway, um, here's the positives that we got. Out of every other season, and I'll, I'll say I'll, I'll I'll say it right now, straight up. I do not think this is the best season thus far. Okay, but this is the best season where we got so much character development for everyone and, and story arc. Yes, yeah. a lot of character development and story arc, which is great. This is if you're gonna have a six or a seven season show. They're on a perfect timeline because season three usually is where you get that huge character development, and now season four, now you know everything about these characters and you're ready to move on. So, yeah, I mean, I, I was, I'm overall pleased with the season. I don't think it's the best season, but we got a lot of character development, which I'm a huge fan of. So, my my issue with this continues to be that 
Miguel is the worst actor on this show. I would say I agree with you. We've always talked about this, but I would say he improved this season. I he, think well, certain scenes he did, but I remember this. For example, the scene where Tim and Johnny, he's like, "I spent all day trying to create, help you create a fake life for your ex girlfriend." That was fucking cringy as shit to me. Um, to me, the best like Sam, the uh, Danny's daughter, is the best actor of the kids overall. Right? Uh, to me. The best, but the best male lead to me is fucking Hulk. I fucking I love Hulk. I love like, and the fact that he's now back on the like, really, I wouldn't mind if somehow his and I get it. Uh, uh, Robbie is like he may ultimately be the main character, but I wouldn't mind if like season four focuses on Hulk because he's a fucking his character character is amazing to go from a nerd to a bully to back like realizing it because we can all you know that whole, whole fly too too close to the sun thing like he was he had such a big chip on his shoulder from being bullied for so long it kind of makes sense to why he then he, when he was the one who now has the power he became a bully but like his arc to me is the best out the, about everyone and i love his character yeah, when we did the Cobra Kai review last time for season uh, season one and two, I said Hawk has always been from day one has always been my favorite character on the show, and he yeah. still remains to be, especially after this season because no character for me has so much depth. Like I mean, you just said it. He was the nerdy guy that got bullied, became he became a badass. Then he became the person doing the bullying mm-hmm. and the bad guy, and now a full turn. Now he's back to being a good guy again. And then we, you know, we don't know what we get from him moving forward. But I absolutely love Hawk. Now here's something else. I don't mean to jump around, but hey, that's what we do. Uh, there was an interview with I'm not sure if it was the writer or director of Cobra Kai, mm-hmm. and they were asking him like, "Hey, what what else are we gonna get out of this?" And he pretty much confirmed indirectly that we're probably gonna get somewhere between five to seven seasons of this show. That's number one. And number two, there's definitely going to probably be spinoffs. So I would be freaking happy as fuck if we got a Hawk spinoff. I would, that I would love to see. And another spinoff I would love to see is if we got something geared towards Miyagi, like a prequel of Miyagi's story. Those Ooh, are the two things I would love bro, to see. Bro, a Mr. Miyagi prequel? Yeah. Who who would you cast for that to play Miyagi? Bro, I, I could never, I could never, because you got to think, like, we we always said Miyagi was like this angelic perfect character, yes, right? Yes. So I I would like to see somebody like we the person who is cast as a young Miyagi doesn't have to be that. That needs to be the end game. I want to see somebody who is flawed, uh, confused, maybe a little angry. Um, honestly, uh, fuck, what's his name from Walking Dead? Oh, Steve Yon or whatever yeah. he is. I, I could see I could see him as a young Miyagi, yeah. absolutely. And he's a fucking phenomenal for, actor, too. For, and this year, uh, he was in a movie Minari. this year. Yeah, fucking amazing. Amazing, yeah. yeah. It, it's probably going to be in the running for a film of the year, actually. Yeah. I haven't seen it yet, but I've heard I heard great things about it. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. We just casted the, the Miyagi uh, prequel series. Um, and then, you, you know what? Maybe they're planting the seeds to that. Because with what we got in Chosen, there's a whole... Miyagi Do story that could be told there, uh, but right. but keep going, bro. Yeah, so um, I mean, again, we're jumping around a little bit, so let's talk about you. I mean, you just mentioned chosen. Let's talk about some of the returning people that we got. So there were four characters that returned. Who were the four characters? What do you mean that returned from from like old, like you know, the Karate Kid franchise? Oh. And we're not counting Ali's mom. Ali chosen. Right. Um, uh, what was the name of the girl from from that uh from that from Karate oh, Kid too? Uh, uh, Kumiko. Kum- Kumiko, and then the the girl that Danny saved that he didn't then yes. he popped up. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know if you would catch that one. Yeah, I think her name was Yana or something like Which that. Which was a great little, just a little beat, and then it made it made sense because you like Danny is so struggling to try to save his dealership, and then it makes sense that somebody who probably he saved. Yeah, that he say, but I'm saying probably in her mind because she was so young, she's idolized this man for her whole adult life. He saved her life, so then to see him come back and to be in a desperate situation, of course that person would do anything. She saved his life. Yeah, yeah. saved his life, his whole way of living, his dealership. So yeah, yeah, I I was and the thing is, I don't know, like if you picked up on on it, but when they showed Kumiko and Kumiko's like. Oh, I have somewhere, um, someone here who wants to meet you, but you don't remember her. As soon as she said, you might not remember her, mm-hmm. I immediately knew it was her. Really? Because 100%. Uh, not by facial, but who else could it be? 
the only females that he came in contact with was Kumiko, which is her, uh, Yukie, which is the aunt who's dead, mm-hmm. and that little girl. There was no, but no other females he came in contact with in the entire movie. So as soon as she said, "That's that's that's," uh, you might know this person. I immediately knew it was it was the little girl he saved. I, me and my wife were watching. I'm like, "Oh, that's the little girl he saved." Before they even said who she was. So yeah, oh, I love man. I love that. And probably again, we're jumping ahead. At the end, uh, we see Crease. Tom, but anyway, let me not jump too far ahead. Let's just go down. It, it was 10, 10 episodes, right? Yeah. And uh, I think they did a good job of flowing. The first couple episodes were, a little, I, I want to say, maybe a little bit slow. But usually you tend to see that in TV shows where, uh, you know, there's sort of a build. But overall, how did you feel about the pacing for the entire 10 episodes? I think it was slow to ramp up in the sense that the first two episodes felt like a bit of a drag to me. Um, but once it picks up, it's go the full time after that. Like, I just feel like I feel like this season and even though the all the seasons are on Netflix now that the writers felt like, OK, there's going to be a lot of new people who are onto this from Netflix. We kind of have to catch them up, so to so to say. And so those first two episodes were really a way to kind of catch up. I agree with that. Yeah. I agree with that 100%. Now, you made a statement earlier, and you said you didn't really like the way they introduced Ali. Yeah. And um, I tend to – originally, I agree with you on that. Um, and I, these motherfuckers, they teased the motherfucker out of us. There was the one scene – I don't know if you remember – where they were showing who Miguel's doctor is, and all you see was blonde hair. But yeah, there was a tease. Purpose, yeah, they, they did this shit around. on purpose, yeah. And then when you turn around, obviously, it's not Ali, but – I didn't. I didn't like the way they introduced Ali, but now I understand why. Ali clearly is not going to be a, like a, a regular on the show. It was just a special appearance, yeah. so it was an in and out thing. Yeah. So I guess I can understand because if she's going to be a regular, I'm sure we'd have got her introduced in a different way as a doctor or or something. Um, so I I do think that um, I'm okay with the way they introduced her, only because it was just a, a you know a two episode uh, uh, short term thing. What do you think? Yeah. What did you like about it? The I I didn't like the fact that she like they went this whole episode where he's like trying to fake this life for her or whatever and he doesn't know what to send her. And then when we finally do get her, she's just sitting there talking to her mom, like, um, yeah, I got some stuff to do. Like and then like for her and like Johnny to like the the catch up part makes sense. I just would have more so made it be I don't know, bro, like to me, it, just, it felt like sitcommy. That's what it felt yeah. like. Her coming back felt sitcommy. And then even when they go, when they go to the the gala or whatever, the dinner together, and and it's Johnny and Danny, and like they sit down and have that conversation, it felt like a rehash of the conversation, the dinner we got last year, which was better. Yeah, um, I I I was okay with that dinner seat at the country club only mm. because. Ali's in the mix now, and it was like Ali was telling the story sort of from like her point of view and telling it to to um, to uh, Amanda to uh, Daniel Larusso's uh, wife. So I was kind of okay with it. Um, what I, what I I found fun, and you may disagree with this. I love, I really love uh, William Zabka uh, who plays Johnny. Like the fact that he doesn't, he just doesn't understand technology at all, and he just doesn't understand like yeah. like the twenty first century. Like he doesn't he just doesn't get things, and like. When he's going through that scene, when he's going through uh, Ali's Facebook, and then he meets up with Miguel, and he's like, I hope you didn't like any of her pictures. And, and he, like, literally liked every fucking picture. Yeah. And was do, uh, um, that's great stuff. And they've been doing that since season one mm-hmm. with uh, with him. So a lot of high high points, I think, in, in overall, I, I liked it. Um, now, let's we talked about Ali. How about Chosen? Because we got Chosen coming back. And uh, for some reason, I thought, also, that Chosen would be this way. I thought Chosen would when it wouldn't be like, oh, Chosen's trying to kill him or anything. Yeah. I thought Chosen would be like, you know, like a like a good guy because it's so much has time has passed, and you know, Okinawa is not what it used to be. Okinawa is not like this small. Uh, Tommy Village is not this small village or anything. Yeah. It's so modernized. I mean, they have like subways and Jersey Mikes and and all these stores. So he he eventually forgave. Uh, Daniel, as we found out, Sato forgave him, and you know he forgave Daniel. But what do you think about Chosen in this one? I like uh, I like what they did because they, it, it paralleled Johnny. Right, is that it made Danny realize that fuck if Cho- Johnny never tried to kill you, right? Like Chosen would have murdered you back then if yes. you lost that fight. You would have yes. been dead. Yes. Um, so if, if Chosen can become this guy that's like. This light heart, like, and at first they like played to like he's super serious, like he doesn't 
joke or anything. And then once he gets to that moment of being able to get Danny back with the making Danny think he's about to kill him and he does the, the nose thing and he's like, I've been yeah. waiting years to be able to do that. All right. And all that fades away. It's like, all right, well, if this guy can become like this, what? why am I still holding a grudge against fucking Johnny who – yeah, he was a jerk. He was a fucking dickhead, but he wasn't gonna kill my ass. Like, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, um, uh, yeah. Again, I was, um, I was, I was satisfied with what we got to chosen. And then, um, as strange as this sounds, I always thought I would be so hyped up for Ali's return, but I actually think my favorite return is Kumiko. Um, it was cool seeing that man. Like for a minute, I was like, "Oh, are they about like he's about to have like an affair with his wife or some shit?" Oh, they're not gonna and, do that. Not on this. Not, you know, no. It's Netflix. Maybe they would have, but they, so here's not, the thing: yeah. not in that episode, but I mean, like, what before coming into the season? Because uh-huh. I'm like, him and his wife, they're like in shambles right now. They maybe maybe get a separation, and that's why he goes to Okinawa because mm-hmm. we know he's going to Okinawa, right? Yeah. But you know, I was just kind of fantasy uh, directing in my head, and I'm like. Or fantasy right now. I'm like, maybe him and his wife have an issue, and he goes to uh, Okinawa to find balance again because it's mm. always about balance. And then he runs into Kumiko, and they have like a summer fling, just like they did in season t- in uh, part two of uh, Karate Kid. But what do you think about Kumiko's return? I mean, Kumiko was great because her saying like, "Look, I never married, I never had kids," because it's hard act to follow when somebody say like fights for your honor and your life, like fights uh, in a fight to the death for your honor. It's like so real. Yeah, like um. I like that. I like that they didn't that they didn't take the easy route of like playing it off and like, okay, is he gonna cheat on his wife? Isn't he like keep Dan because Danny as much Authentic. as yeah, you know he, he he's not the poon hound he used to be. Uh, <laughs> but uh, he grew up. Yeah, but no, no. I, I, Kumiko's return was was definitely awesome. Um, you know, Chosen's was teasing. We knew Chosen was coming back. Uh, we had a feeling Ali was coming back. Kumiko was the one that is like, even though he was going back to Japan, we didn't necessarily know that he was gonna see Kumiko. Yeah, I mean, they, te- they like they didn't tease it, but uh, if you like follow a lot of the rumors and shit, see, it I was try not to watch rumors. rumors with this shit. Yeah, I I did only because I, I really I, I really wanted to know if Ali's coming back to the show. Yeah. So that's oh, the only thing I had cared yeah. about. She's too big so, of an actress, bro. I didn't think she would be coming back full time. No, no. I mean, period. Even with one oh, okay. scene. Yeah. So um, as I was doing that, I saw things come up with Kumiko because um, apparently Kumiko and Chosen do like tons of shit. If you check their IMDb, they do like multiple movies per year. Yeah. So, they, yeah, they do a lot. So, um, yeah, my wife was actually telling me like she agreed. One of the main reasons Kumiko agreed to come on to to do this was the in, in her contract. They, she wanted the directors to show Okinawa and show what Okinawa is now. That was one of the reasons why she came back because she she wanted people to see like, hey, it's not this small time place anymore. It's a nice place now. So, um, which was which was pretty cool. Now at the at the end of this, just fast forwarding, um, Kreese makes a phone call. Since we're talking about returning characters, my favorite villain of this entire Cobra Kai, or Cobra Kai slash Karate Kid franchise is probably coming back next season. And my favorite villain is Terry freaking Silver. Tar- Silver. Yes. I, you, you know what? It- I know we had our speculation on if Silver was going to come back this one. We, it makes sense to spread those appearances out. Yes. And yes. the one thing that Kreese has always shown, if we go back to Karate Kid 3, is that when his when his back's against the wall, Terry Silver is the person he's gonna go to for help. So it makes sense. Uh, I knew eventually we were gonna have to get him. I love that they teased it at the at the end, and I love that I we know we're gonna get him. Like it's it's and it's gonna be fucking batshit ass crazy. We got the the uh, Johnny and Danny crazy. finally on the finally on the same side for once. They are finally together and focused on something and now they got to fight crease and fucking terry Silver. what do you think about before we get into terry Silver? what do you think about the fact that crease as much as he's a dick there is something about him that loves johnny it's it's misguided because even him saying you know what i hope that you were going to go away for a while and then come back and like him and he gave johnny two chances this season to come like he, he does care about johnny in his own sick twisted ass way what do you think about that he 100% cares about Johnny, but his vision and Johnny's vision are two different things. Yeah. So he, he, I think he has all the best intentions for Johnny. And I also think, in a way, I, I don't think Chris thinks he's a bad guy. Not at all. Not I at think because, and that's one beautiful thing that we got in this season is Creed's, um, Chris's backstory. Yes. So we saw why Chris is this fucking crazy ass motherfucker, because he almost got killed and the shit that he went through. Um, Chris was actually a good guy. 
Chris is a war hero. Yeah. And also we got to see, because we in, in, in uh, Karate Kid 3, Terry Silver kept on saying, I owe you, like you saved my life. But we never really saw what that was about and what that looked like. So now we got it here, and you know, the 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 Viet, Vietnamese the, the Vietnamese soldiers captured some Americans and they were made, making them pretty much fight each other one on one and if you fall off you go into a, like a sort of snake pit and they called Terry Silver to fight the uh, I don't know if that was the colonel or what that guy's ranking was he was the ranking officer though and Terry Silver was like no 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 and he's like I can't do it and Kreese stepped up and said hey you know what I'll do it. So right there, he's and in the midst of that, that's when the Americans came to save them. So right there, he saved Terry Silver's life because Terry Silver, let's face it, was a bitch. Mm-hmm. The, the the ranking officer would have killed him in like ten seconds. Yeah. So that it was cool to see that backstory. Definitely, definitely. It, it the we've never really gotten much of Creasy's backstory. I know we got a little bit that he was in the war and stuff, and he was faking it at one point last season to make it seem like something that's not, but you know, to, to actually see what made him the person he is, it kind of makes sense. Right. And to get that where he, the commanding officer, I forget, I forget the character's name that he kicks yeah, into the, the fucking snake pit or whatever. Fucking hilarious, bro. It was, he's a, it's over. You can save me up. And that's when he's like, no, his first shot at no mercy. Yeah. Um, something else, since we're talking about um, returning characters, Unless if I'm mistaken, which I, there's a high chance I am mistaken, outside of Terry Silver, there is only two other characters that I can think about that have not returned that can return. And number one is the girl from Karate Kid 3. Um, it wasn't really Daniel's girlfriend. But it was like the neighbor that made the pots. You remember her? Uh, she was the neighbor from the bo- – she was the neighbor. So remember they bought the bonsai tree store in Karate Kid 3, and she um, worked at the store next door that made like the pots. It was like a pottery store. And her and Daniel, uh, they didn't date, but they were friends. She was the female lead in Karate Kid 3. I can see her – I don't even remember what her name was. I can see her returning though and possibly being um, Tori's mom. Somebody, Let me- somebody that we know is Tori's parent. And, and you know, you know what? I agree with that. You know why I say that? Because why would they not show Tori's mom? Yeah. I think that's really odd that they haven't shown Tori's mom. So I do think it could be like one of Ali's friends, like from you know Karate Kid One. Um, I don't know who it could be, but I do think it's 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 someone. It's like Tori, someone that we know. Now here's another thing I was thinking because they said Tori's dad is like a deadbeat, so I had originally thought that could be Terry Silver, but mm. it doesn't look so. But what if Tori's dad is is Mike Barnes? I think we talked about that before too. Did we? Yeah, we talked about that. I, I can I, see that happen. Her, her, I his, feel like Tori is someone from the their past. Absolutely, her dad. Um, either her, both her parents maybe. Who's to say that? It's not both. Who's to say that while while Terry Silver, well, I guess the, the ages wouldn't match. And so actually, the girl, the girl from Karate Kid Three and Mike Barnes, they were in the same movie, and they they were in the same movie, and they Dave Dave. But um, he, but, but after he kicked her, do you think she would have went and fucked him? Excuse me, I have a friend, and I know this is not necessarily the right podcast to talk this uh-huh. about, but I have a friend that's seriously into choking and all kinds of weird fucking shit that he posts on Twitter. And for some reason, it attracts a lot of girls. No, but that's different than me violently going and kicking a bitch, and then you're like, "Oh, who's ready to get choked out tonight?" <laughs> and then, and it's like thirty girls that reply, like, Yo, "That's yeah, right, yeah, Se- sexual choking." But it's different from me actually trying to harm somebody by kicking them, by kicking them, and then being like, uh, some few years later, like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna give you some pussy." For some people, bro, that's a, that's a large leap, fam. That's a large leap. No, but I do think um, Tori is definitely some from someone from the past or parents. Yeah, it has to be. Has to be. I think so. What else? Uh, so, um, what do you think? And that would make sense why Tori also already knows how to fight. Barnes has to be her dad. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, but Barnes is not in her life right now. True. But maybe Barnes taught her when she was younger. Because yeah. she just said like her dad is deadbeat. Like it's just her and her mom and her mom is sick. Her mom has cancer. The fact, that, the fact that neither one of her parents have names either lets you know that they're not necessarily that that was the goal when they first introduced the character for her to be one of them but they probably left the end to be like open-ended to say well we could work this in. Because that would be a huge reveal if like at the tournament next season she's like because you know the tournament is probably going to be the last couple episodes like she's in a fight and it throws her off. The reason why she loses is because she looks in the crowd and fucking Mike Barnes is there. I can tell you right now how season four ends, by the way. How? How do you, how do you think? 
100% I'm correct. Snippet this shit, and okay. then we'll play it at the end of season four. Cobra Kai is going to, or whatever the fuck they're going to be called, they're absolutely going to lose that tournament. Well, Cobra Kai has to. It's creased. They have to lose it. No. I mean, I'm sorry. Fucking Eagle Fang slash Miyagi-Do is going to lose the tournament. Crease is going to win that tournament, and Robbie Keane is going to win that tournament. No, they're not going to win. They're not going to win. Remember I said that. Okay. There's no Let way. me tell you what's going to happen. They're going to win that, and then season five is going to be now the struggle of how they, how do they get back. Because once they lose, there is no more Miyagi-Do. There is no more um, Eagle Fang, which is a really fucking weird name. There's no more of those, those dojos, but season five will be like them, like the re-up, them trying to come back up and trying to take back everything that's how i think it's gonna go i doubt it cobra kai won season one they're, and they were the good guys they're not gonna let and let me ask you this yeah. let's say cobra kai loses yeah right then where do you go with the story easy they're back they're villains like there's always going so there's a couple of different ways let's say cobra kai loses right cobra kai goes away crease goes away now it becomes again about all right who's the better sensei danny or johnny now they do it in the sense of not split- hating each other but it's a friendly competition, and how do they? And the, the, I honestly think, bro, as this, if this is going five, six, seven seasons, Johnny, I mean, they said it's going to be between five and seven. I believe Johnny and Danny are going to become less and less of the focus, and it's going to be more about these kids, and I it's going, and it's going to be how uh, Johnny and Danny guide the kids. So I, I can completely see Crease going away, Silver going away. They go away, lick their wounds. Johnny and Danny now have this friendly rivalry. But the kids haven't quite let it go. So they have to keep guiding these kids to not go back down that dark dark path. Yeah, and I can see something in like, but um, we're like a, a Miyagi-Do guy has to fight an Eagle Fang guy in a tournament. But like uh, Daniel doesn't have any killers. Like his son, right? Um, her, his daughter. Mm-hmm. Like they, like oh, let's say his daughter beats Hawk, for example. But that's not gonna make sense because Hawk they just don't became do a good guy again. But they don't do men versus women in the tournament. What you said in the tournament, right? You're talking about the tournament. You said Danny's do daughter men versus women. They don't do men versus women in the tournament. Oh, there's yeah, you're right. We never. Do they even do women? Period. Yeah, they do women. Oh, so you know we're definitely getting fucking Daniel's daughter and Tori in the finals. Oh, yeah, that's definitely happening in the fucking finals because they're the most two prominent women unless they introduce a new character. So, And are we going to – we're, we're going to probably get Robbie, Robbie and Miguel again. And Robbie – I do think Robbie's going to win this time. What, no, bro, I, my so my guess with this, and this is – again, this may just be my love of Hulk, is I seriously think as much as Miguel wants to do this tournament – I think his body, either his mind or his body is going to fail him, and Hawk's going to be like, bro, I got this for you. Oh, man. But then if they do that and they make Hawk lose, I'm going to be pissed. <laughs> and like I said, my uh, Hawk is, and I, and I, and I, like I said, I admitted, my, I may be biased by the fact that I love Hawk, but I really can see, because what they're doing with Miguel, and they did it some with, with, with uh, Sam, Samantha, this season, is that PTSD. Like, yeah. Miguel's gotten his ass kicked several yes. times, right? And so... Of course, you can do the redemption story of him coming back and beating people's ass, but I think it's a better story to tell of, all right, maybe he maybe he gets through the first round easily, but then maybe it starts playing into his head, and then he loses, and then it's Hawk has to has to pick it up for him. I can see that. By the way, that PTSD thing was they did that really really good. Yeah. Um, they did that really really good. I would say um, in regards to to um, how they did the whole uh, panic attacks and stuff like that with Sam. I think that added another layer to her character. But, um, yeah, it's really – I'm really interested to see how they go about doing uh, season four and, and, and on, where they go with the story. Um, there's so many different options. The only thing is the reason why I said uh, they're going to – that a Cobra Kai is going to win is because Robbie is yet to have any, any, any sort of comeuppance. Uh, Miguel has won the tournament – um, um, Daniel's daughter has kicked Tori's ass. Mm-hmm. Um, but where is Robbie's win? Robbie has had zero wins the entire show. Period. He hasn't had any wins. I don't necessarily mean wins uh, like fighting wins, but just life wins at all. Mm-hmm. So that's why I think like he get, and now he gets the life win under Crease, who's not even his father. It's like you know, I get I get where you're going with that, but maybe it's he loses and then he gains the win of of reconnecting with Johnny. That moral victory, yeah, I can see that. So. Where like, where like he realizes in that tournament that Crease is actually an asshole. Yeah, or like he tells him to or hurt. what if they double maybe down he on hurts it? Miguel in the semifinals, or maybe no, maybe double down. Maybe they double down on it. What if this? There is no reprieve for for Robbie. What if he becomes the new Crease? Oh God, how can I hate that? 
I, I mean, don't get me wrong. It sucks from a narrative standpoint. Like you, 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 you always want to see somebody uh, win eventually, right? But we saw Robbie as this pure character for the first two seasons. And honestly, when he turned into an asshole, I kind of liked him more. And I think he yeah. acts better when he's in that in that that point. Yeah, he yeah he does he does act he does act better. Um, he's actually a pretty cool guy. Um, in real life. Um, oh, you know, him? you hung out with him, huh? You hung out with him? Yeah, we we've hung out a couple of times. Okay, went to the mall and shit. Bought some um, <laughs> bought some uh, bro. In some, this day and age, shit. you hanging out with a sixteen year old would not go over well. He's not sixteen. Well, how old is he? Bro, all these people like in their fucking twenties. Oh well, I meant I'm I'm thinking in the character. Oh, you're talking yeah. about the character. I'm, I'm about no, the no, because yeah. uh, um, Daniel's daughter has a YouTube channel, and Daniel's daughter and um and uh, Robbie Keane, they're like really good friends. Okay, they're always hanging out like with their boyfriends and girlfriends and stuff. I saw a couple of the videos, or whatever. Um, I don't know what the purpose of me saying that was, but anyway, <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh yeah, no, no. I was telling you, he's a, he's actually a really cool guy because like based off the videos and shit. Um, but yeah, um, I don't really know where we're yet, but I am hyped already. To season four, we're not gonna. Uh, in one of the one of the interviews I saw, they said that they're gonna start recording, uh, in quarter one of twenty twenty one season four. That makes sense. So we'll probably we probably won't get it until next year, obviously. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. He's a he's a really good actor. Um, definitely better than Miguel. Can Miguel just? I like Miguel, the character, right? The actor just sucks. He's he's not good, bro. He's not good. Let me ask you this: What do you think of Miguel's mom? I mean, I I smack those cheeks. Like honestly, I never really noticed her until this last season. I'm like, oh, she's kind of cute. She's hot. Yeah, she is. And that was the perp segment of the show. <laughs> but uh, I mean, what else you got to say on this season, bro? I mean, we kind of ran down everything. Um. Yeah, man. I mean, we, we freaking fantasy booked imaginary series. We, we fantasy booked uh, season four. We've talked about all the returns. Um, I guess the last thing for us to talk about is what you think about the final. I don't want to say the final scene, but the final few minutes of the movie going from that fight at the house mm -hmm. as well as the final fight between uh, uh, Daniel um, Chris uh, and Johnny and Crease. Yeah, that whole that the, whole set. I will I will say seeing Robbie fight his father you felt that right yeah because you never 100%. thought that you never thought that it would come to that and as someone no. who's punched their father in the face before <laughs> i know the emotion that it takes to get to that point yeah no i've never punched my dad but i do remember i'll never forget it i squared up on my dad one time Did he fuck I, you not, up? To hit, not to hit him right because we got we got into an argument and it was outside i was in my pajamas by the way and <laughs> I, I squared up i squared up and not to hit him though but i'm like I'm like, what? What are you gonna do? You know, I I got into like that mode, right? Uh -huh. My dad is like, oh, you want to fight me? My dad goes inside the garage and gets a two by four. <laughs> <laughs> he runs, he runs after me, bro. I got my car so quick, and I jetted out of the community. I look up in my rearview mirror. My fucking dad is behind me in the in his car, chasing me. <laughs> I, like there was oncoming traffic coming, and before the oncoming tra right before the oncoming traffic came, I jetted out of the community, so there was no way he could follow me because he would have gotten into a car accident, and I was gone, bro. I slept that night at Walmart parking lot. That my car. is hilarious, bro. I was terrified. I, I, I came home the next day. My mom was like, "Where were you?" Mind you, I was in my pajamas the whole time, and my mom was like, "Where were you?" I'm like, "I slept in Walmart's parking lot." And the next day, my dad came home. My dad was like, "Oh, what's up?" <laughs> like nothing happened. Like that <laughs> He's like, I put the fear of God in you, so I don't know. I was always afraid. My dad, never, my dad probably like, probably beat me maybe twice or three times in my entire life, uh -huh. maybe. But all I had to do was like, look, give me that look, and I, I was straight. That's all you had to do, just look at. Um, as far as like the the last fight in the house, though, while the setup to it was stupid, like them throwing that kid through the window, it's like, come on now, come on. I need the smallest kid. <laughs> exactly, like, but uh. It, I, I love it because you see Hawk. Hawk's bro. Hawk That's is the I best fucking character on this show. I don't give a fuck what nobody yes. has to say. Um, that turn, bro. I was so happy. I was like, yes, yeah. he turned yeah. when he saved Dimitri. Yeah, yeah. Um, I did also like to. I liked the the Tori and uh the Tori and Sam thing with her getting the PTSD and then it, like my wife is so hard to please when it comes to films and and TV as you know. But she's so into this series. And, like, the part where Tori hits the Miyagi pitcher. <laughs> when she hits the Miyagi pitcher. And Miyagi's pitcher's on the floor. My wife goes, 
Oh, hell no. Nah. Now, Miss Maggie, you need to kill that bitch. And my wife is not like that. You're going to meet her. She's so not like that. <laughs> and she's yelling at the TV like, oh, no, you just you just did not do that to Miss Miyagi. Oh, you need to kill that bitch. And I'm looking at her like, like what the hell? Mm-hmm. So that's how good this series is, though. Like, my, my, even my wife is into it. Wow. She saw the first nine episodes before me. Really? Yeah, because I saw episode one at 3 a.m. the minute it dropped. And I fell asleep after episode one, obviously. That's, how, that's what I, when I text you the day of. Like, I stayed up till it dropped, and I watched episode one and part of episode two. And... I fell asleep during episode one. Yeah. And um, she woke up normal time because she goes to bed normal time. So when she woke up, she binge-watched from one to nine and when i woke up i'm like oh let's watch Cobra Kai. she's like oh yeah i'm on the last episode i'm like what i'm like you didn't wait for me so um she ended up not not watching 10 because she had to do something and then i binge watched the whole show mm-hmm. and then she came back and she's like she's gonna watch 10 i rewatched um episode 10 with her what do you think about the episode length do you ever want more as far as the length of the episodes are you happy with where it is most time? i'm 100 happy the way it is um because the episodes are about 20-something minutes. And uh, I, I, like, I've been binge-watching shows, and uh, you're usually going to get 40-something minute episodes, 42 to 45-minute episodes, because mm-hmm. shows are usually an hour minus commercials. And sometimes I feel like that's a little... I, I like their method. Give me give me shorter, shorter um, episodes. 25, 30 minutes, I think, is perfect time. For episodes, yeah. like imagine you could you binge watch you could binge watch the entire season for under five hours. How cool is that? Yeah. That's like a fucking Martin Scorsese exactly. right there. Yeah. <laughs> fucking facts, bro. So, yeah. Fucking facts. That's it, it's it, the these episodes flows like I watched yes. I watched so I watched what it's ten episodes. I watched the first one the day before. I rewatched all of so I watched nine episodes in a row. I got up like to get food and shit. And never once did I think, you know what, let me take a break from this. I'll come back I to you later. I saw all 10 at one shot. I saw episode one the night before, but I fell asleep. And then the, the next day, I was like, you know what, even though I saw episode one, let me watch from scratch. And I saw all 10 at one shot. Mm. And I, not for once was I like, oh, God, this is getting boring. Or like, you know what, let me fast forward these five minutes. It was because by the time it would even remotely get to like, uh, I'm getting kind of tired of this episode. The episode will be over because the episodes were literally like twenty something minutes. They're like yeah. twenty five minutes or something like that. Twenty three minutes. I think there was a few episodes that went over the thirty minute mark, like thirty two minutes, if I'm not mistaken. But overall, I think the pacing and the durations were perfect. Mm. Yeah, it it it's it, they they've unlocked something with Cobra. Like Cobra Kai is the correct way to do a follow up to an old friend. All these like movies that pop up, like. 15 10, we bad boys for life you know as we talked about earlier to the side because that's like an action cop movie you, you don't really what pick are some up. failures tell me some failures uh i'm trying to think reboots that happen I, I think i have a theory that just popped in my hand but i don't i forget some well, of the, the failures. well the reason why i say that it's better to do it over tv is because you can fill in the gap of time better with a tv series than you can with a two-hour if you if you have a sequel that happens eight nine years after the original unless it's unless you don't care about what happened in between that time it's hard to pick it up and keep that same vibe like this was able to tell the growth of danny and johnny and we got to see that they're not the same people but because you have more time to do it over it's it's a lot more long form thing you it, it it's better that way to me yeah, I mean, you saw the success of Fuller House, and anyone who thinks Fuller House wasn't successful is nuts because yeah. they ended up getting for like five or six seasons, something like that. So, um, I think over a course of a, of a period, like you're saying, is definitely the best way to go about it. Um, I also think a, a big thing with Co- with Cobra Kai, at least for me, is the story was literally 100 percent different. Johnny was the good guy. Now I think if they went with the same thing, Johnny's the bad guy, asshole, bully, and 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 Daniel's like the the, the timid, innocent guy. I don't think this show would have been as popular, to be honest with you. Yeah. I think because it's a totally different look. It's same characters, but a different look at these characters now. Daniel's the rich one; he's not the poor one, and 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 Johnny's the poor one, not the rich one, and and, and Johnny's the the de facto um, um, hero kind of because. His life is more of a shithole than Daniel is. Really, you want to see? Da- yeah. I would say if you did a survey, more people want to see Johnny succeed over Daniel because yeah. Johnny's really the underdog story here. Yeah, I love how like this whole show came about from that just theory that is like, oh well, Danny Larusso is really the bad guy, Karate Kid. 
So yeah, um, do you remember? I they, they throw that they throw that out here sometimes because they did it in the was, scene with the council, the city council, or whatever. Yeah, when someone's yeah. like, "You were the bad guy." Yeah, and and also when um he's talking to Miguel and Miguel's like, "Well, I thought you used an illegal move because that's something that always they always talked about like on YouTube videos mm-hmm. that that kick is an illegal move." And Miguel, when him, Miguel and and, uh, and Daniel were talking, he's like, "Wait, did you use an illegal move to like to to beat my sensei?" Mm-hmm. And and Daniel's like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! That wasn't an illegal move." And also, you used the same move to win the tournament exactly. last year. Yeah. So well, yeah. he didn't. And he didn't use it to win. Remember? No, no, not he, to win. He used it in like a random fight. It's like right. they got it out the way because we they knew we were going to be waiting to see the crane kick. They just it was like his first fight. Yeah, it's just like kick the motherfucker in the head. That shit was great. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so um, I like those little throwbacks right there. So, yeah, we'll see what we get. I know Terry Silver's going to be crazy as fuck. That's what I'm most hyped to see. Bro, what if he's not? No, no. What What if no What way. if he's not? The guy is going to be old as shit, but what if he shows up legitimately? What if he shows up and he's like, Crease, man, are we still doing this? Like, like I'll, I'll back you, but, like, we really have to do this again? I'll break my television. <laughs> nah, yo, he, I think he's going to be crazy. I think he's going to be, like, even crazier, like like completely like batshit ass crazy. Yeah, yeah probably. He may, he may be so crazy that he turns Kree's face. <laughs> Kree's like, hey, you trying to fuck with you? Like, fuck this, yo. Oh, man. Are we going to get a double turn at any point next season? I honestly thought just for a half a second mm-hmm. when um, Kree's was like, this is your last has choice, choice to join me. For a half a second, because you got to think from Johnny's perspective. Well, fuck Kree's. But this may be a chance to get back in good with my son. Mm. So I, for a quick second, was like, he may rejoin Cobra Kai for his son's sake. And maybe, who knows, maybe we do get that at some point of this, this series. I don't know. Yeah, who knows? What if they, what, and you said, like, this Cobra Kai win, what happens with the, what if, what if it is a double turn at the end and Johnny goes back bad and, like, Kreese is, like, the good guy? What if, what if, because we've never seen Johnny and Terry Silver meet. What if Silver gets in Johnny's head and Kreese is like, look, I'm fucking, y'all look crazy. What if Daniel joins Cobra Kai <laughs> again, bro? He's already been a bit like, no. I don't well, who's the, excuse me? Who was the one that got him to join Cobra Kai? Terry Silver, but who knows, bro? There's so many different places we can fucking speculate on this shit all day. Uh, rating for the season, bro. What, what if it getting? turns out? What if it turns out that like the actual leader and owner of all this Cobra Kai shit is actually Kumiko? He <laughs> said, like, "You should have married, motherfucker." <laughs> Oh, side note, why you bring that up? What did you think about the name drop of Sato? Oh, that was great. Yeah. I, it, it was, I love that they brought up Sato. And this goes back to, I would love to see a Miyagi um, prequel because Sato will be all over that thing. Like mm-hmm. the Sato character because they grew up, they were like brothers. Yeah. So we would see so much Sato. I'm like that they mentioned Sato. Unfortunately, the actor is dead, which we talked about last yeah. time when we reviewed uh, season one and two. But I'm happy that they, you know, they, they mentioned Sato and... Sato was the one that brought up Tomi Village because uh, I think uh, Kumika told the story where like Sato brought in all these these businesses yeah. and gave all these people these jobs. So Sato died like technically a man of honor and as a good guy and stuff like that, which was good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it they just do such a good job of paying respects to this shit. Like it's to because we saw Sato turn to a good guy at the end, um, and so. The fact that he brought all this into the village to to step it up, it, it makes sense to where we last saw the character. What if season five, we get the ultimate reveal, like the Crease and Silver have been working for someone this whole time, and it turns out to be it turns out to be Mr. Miyagi who's trying to get back at Daniel's son for taking his car. <laughs> <laughs> too much. That's too much, bro. Too much. You crushed my Ford. Oh man, that is so fucking funny. Um, but that's it, man. Oh wait, your rating? Did you give your rating? Yeah. Um, were we gonna rate the whole season? Yeah. It's so hard to rate a whole season, bro. But uh, you're probably gonna say this is too high. But I'm gonna go with an eight, eight and a half out of ten. I'm gonna go to eight and a quarter out of ten. I don't know. That's right where I'm at. Like I'm, I almost w- w- pushed it to nine. Um, honestly. So yeah, about eight and a half is definitely where I fall at as well. Um, do you think in this series do we ever get Hillary Swank popping up? Oh, bro! That is Tori's mom. Fuck! I, bro, we I totally forgot about her. Fuck! And that's perfect because Hillary Swank is a. She's not gonna be in a fucking show, so she's only gonna be in a couple episodes because she's an established actor. And but she has she shown has that cancer. she'll show up to shit. So she yes, and she has cancer, so she, they will only need her for a couple episodes, and then she'll she'll probably die because she has cancer. In yeah. The show. 
So Fuck. that could be yes. And I that'll think, explain why she knows how to fight. Like we cause you you they have yeah. to explain why she comes in already knowing she was already one of the best fighters when she came into the show, even before jo- joining Cobra Kai. So if they explained it that way, that would make sense. And think about it this way. What if Hillary Swank taught her to defend herself because she was sick and she's like, You have to look out for yourself. Yes, that makes sense, bro. And then also that that brings in a little bit of um thing there because They've already said, like on videos and stuff, that that Daniel and and Hillary Swank's character they're in the same timeline. Yeah, they could have possibly been trained at the same time with Miyagi. So now that that that's a little bit of an issue now because now Daniel knows her mom, and also she's trying to fucking kill Daniel's daughter at the same time. Mm-hmm. So that's a, that's a little bit of a, a, a storyline right there as well. So yeah, bro, I totally forgot about Hillary Swank. Totally yeah, Ju- forgot about Julie? Hillary Swank. That's the name from the next Karate Julie, yeah. yeah. To be honest with you, I never saw the whole movie. I only saw, saw it in like parts and pieces. I never saw it from beginning to end. But um, yes, yes, I could see that actually. There you go. Oh, that could be terrible. Oh, fuck. That would be fucking amazing, bro. That would be amazing. And like, I know this is very minimal, but like Tori, Julie, they, it like has a sort, same sort of ring to it. So I, I could definitely see that. I could definitely for sure see that. And there has been an interview where I don't like you said, I don't know if it's the director or not asked about Hillary Swank's character. And they said that the goal is to bring back every legacy character that they can at some point. Yeah, because I find it really strange that they talked so much about Tori's mom mm-hmm. and such a like give her a storyline of cancer and whatever. Yeah. And they never even once showed a scene like just a softness to Tori, like, oh, her mom is... They show nothing to do with her mom. So I thought that was pretty strange. So that's why I think her mom is definitely somebody. Yeah. So it would definitely be more impactful for it to be Hillary Swank versus the chick from Karate Kid 3, definitely. There you have it, bro. There you have it. Uh, We just figured... We're figuring all types of shit out. I can't wait till next year. It sucks that we have a... Like, and that's the one thing with this... Uh, with this series is that literally when... Every time it ends, I'm like, can we get the next season, like, next week? Like, can they just rush it to, pro- to production? I have to ask you two more, and I think I already know the answer okay. to at least one of these questions. So here's my last two questions for you. What do you rate the overall show? All three seasons Ten. combined. Honestly, bro. Ten? Like this, and again, people here, well, you gave this a 10 and not other shit. A, this is a TV, TV right. series. As a TV series, I, my my critiques of it are so minimal that it, it it's t- it's a 10 for me. This is one of the best TV series, and they play off in the nostalgia, which we've always talked about what nostalgia does. Yeah, it's a 10 to me. For me, it's a 9.5 only because there are some flaws. Not a lot, but there. I feel like a 10 would have like almost no flaws. But there are flaws like Miguel's acting and some other stuff. Mm-hmm. But I, I would give it a 9.5. But he, and here's my second and last question. And I'm pretty sure I know what you're going to say. Is this the greatest reboot ever? For TV, not film. Yes. Well, at this point, yes. I would say... For me, I don't know how you if you've ever even watched it. The reboot to Hawaii Five O, the first three seasons of that shit were amazing. Man, the thing is, I'm a gigantic. I was an old school Hawaii Five O fan, so I don't. I thought those were amazing. Did you? Um, have, did you ever see the reboot series? Yeah, I seen a couple okay. of them. It's with the guy. It's with the. I've. It's with um. Um. I. I I've seen it. I've seen. A, I haven't seen like all of them, but I've seen quite a few episodes. Um. No man, but I. I, I honestly believe this is the best reboot. So I really feel my, like it's just off the top of my head, some of the best TV. And also, not to cut you off, uh-huh. the co- the uh, Karate Kid franchise was already so huge. When you have such a huge franchise like that, it is so hard to top it. And I'm not saying 100% they've topped it, mm-hmm. but they've at least kept up with it. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, they've definitely, definitely have kept up with it. And usually there's a big gap. And for me, there's zero gap. Yeah. But uh, best TV show reboots all time, just off the top of my head. Hawaii Five O, this, the Battlestar Galactica, which I know you haven't seen because you don't like no. you don't like science fiction. Um, and Girl Meets World. Bro, are you serious? Girl Meets World was horrible. Bro, I enjoy Girls Meets World. But I only seen a couple episodes. I enjoy Girl 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 Meets World. Honestly, it, it and I watched it with my and you know a lot of stuff with me when I Maybe say you have a daughter. Yeah, I watched it with my daughter. Um, because yeah. Boy Meets World was so good. Boy Meets World was. But I'm and I'm not saying that Girl Meets World was better because it's not. It's not better. Than, but I'm saying specifically from reboots. And we talked about Fuller House too. You also have to mention Fuller House in that. Um, yes. But, but yeah. I don't think Fuller House is on the same level as um 
as Cobra Kai. No, no, not at all, not at all. Like Saved by the Bell. I mean, a lot of Saved by the Bell got a lot of hate. I, I still have about two or three more episodes I have to watch mm-hmm. to finish the season, but I, I'm I'm enjoying. Saved I haven't by the Bell. dived into that at all because I Check love I love Saved by the Bell so much that I just know if it's trash, I'm gonna be like, fuck these bastards. Yeah, um, it's not as good as the original, mm-hmm. and I'm a huge Say by the Bell fan. Probably one of my favorite TV shows growing up, if not my favorite. I mean, I listen to freaking Zach. Zach has a podcast, so I even listen to the Zach podcast. So it's different than Say by the Bell. It's more more um adult themes mm-hmm. and more mature themes. But the acting, like there's a couple characters that their acting is really really bad, but there are also some characters where their acting is like really good. Like the main character is a Spanish girl. She's really good. Um, all the all the the Bayside the original um, cast members, all their kids are horrible actors. Zach's son is probably the worst actor I've ever seen in life. Um, Jesse's son is not a great actor. Um, but the the new characters we're introduced to, their their acting is really good. Check it out though; it's it's pretty good. Cool. Yeah, definitely have to check it out. All right, bro. That's what it else for you me, got? man. That's it. Uh, That's it. It's been, Let's go home. There's been uh, another uh, review from the film, bros. Go ahead and give me your social media, bro. I can be reached on Twitter at the P1JB. That's at T H E P 1JB. And I can also be found on Facebook. You can follow me at CEO Hayes. That's CEO H A I Z E. You can follow us collectively at the Film Bros pod you can send us any feedback questions comments concerns the film frequency pod at gmail.com lastly if you want to send us a voicemail you can do so at 614-547-2039 make sure you also go and look at our facebook group just search the, the film frequency on facebook and join the discussion there but this has been another episode the film bros are out this bitch peace peace